Hello and welcome to the weekly message podcast from Crozet United Methodist Church in Crozet, Virginia. We invite you to join us in person any Sunday for our contemporary service at 8.30 a.m. or for a more traditional service at 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetumc.org for further information. We hope you enjoy this week's message from Crozet UMC. Impact Richmond, what an amazing program. Absolutely amazing what these uh, young adults uh, created here uh, uh, through many years of work. Um, the theme of the week came from Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And I understand that uh, as soon as com the staff completed uh, this year's Impact Richmond, they've already started on the next one. And how many are you thinking of, or is it just in the planning stages? One, two, three? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, by the numbers, there were 130 laborers of varying skills uh, that worked that week, um, probably plus, 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 including the dining facilities and uh, the folks in the church that hosted us and things of that nature. Uh, seven staff to coordinate all this, um, 13 plus work sites, 10 hours of worship, 25 hours of activities, uh, countless hours of actual work on the job sites, um, sleep. That was probably in the minority that week. But everybody survived, and uh, I would like to say it was better for it. Um, in our group, we ended up uh, mixing 4,000 pounds of uh, concrete the old way in a wheelbarrow. Uh, which we got a brand new wheelbarrow to break in. That was a treat to use. Uh, we had uh, our group consisted of uh, 10 young people, eight of which were first-timers, including myself, so that would be nine. I had a great partner that uh, had been there before and two older young men that uh, uh, were the veterans and kind of helped lead us away uh, to do some neat things. Um, a shout out to the impact staff, which of which one, two, three, four, five are here today. If you guys wouldn't mind standing up. A long way for some of them to sit down, uh, to, uh, come from. Thanks. Uh, I think we have David and Eric and, uh, Elisa? Allison, Allison, almost got that right. Rajiv, and uh, I think that guy's Jake right there. Uh, know him fairly well. Uh, it was interesting to uh, uh, see him in action uh, uh, that week. Uh, but from Crozet, Eric Rogers and Jake Thompson uh, uh, had done the mission trips before and are working on the staff there, so it's really neat to uh, watch that come out and to see the great works that they did. 
Uh, our host family, the Johnsons, were absolutely amazing people. I would describe them as faithful, gracious, tolerant, caring, and very godly folk. Um, if you can imagine, if you would have 12, I would call unskilled laborers to come into your home and do the grounds of your home and have them have the run of your house in and out all day long, um, you can imagine what that would take for you to participate in, much less for them. And they were so gracious and thankful, and it was such a treat to uh, work with them that week. Uh, on a personal note, the last four months for me have been fairly transformational in many ways. Uh, Christ came into my heart on April 22nd of this year and pretty much rocked my world. Um, Impact Richmond uh, was a part of that journey and still is. Um, so it's been amazing experience. It's been an amazing year for me. And to see all these amazing things with all these young people and adults that participated in, in this uh, mission trip were nothing more than miraculous and amazing. Absolutely stunning. Um, so there were two things that I went in uh, to my first mission trip uh, because I knew six nights away from home, and it's been a long time since my camping days. So I wanted to have no expectations, and I wanted to live in the moment because I knew that if I was able to do those things, I would probably survive and, and hopefully thrive in that environment. With that in mind, the first night my air mattress started leaking. <laughs> the second night it continued and I was able to get up at two in the morning and then uh, blow it back up. And, but on the hard ground for a 50 year old, on the concrete, you know, by the third night, it just wasn't sure how that was gonna go. Well, early on the mattress totally failed so it was a concrete night on the third night. Thank goodness that I brought a monster cot uh, that I was able to set up on night four and was able to sleep uh, the rest of the, the uh, mission trip. But a testament to sometimes Spartan conditions that we face, but uh, uh, a lot of good came out of that week. Absolutely amazing. There were so many blessings uh, for me that week, um, uh, three of which... Uh, uh, meeting new friends and cultivating new relationships with Clifton and Jessica and Dennis. Uh, we were able to share some morning coffee before the uh, groups arose at 6 o'clock or tea in Jessica's case. And it was a nice time to start the day with some fellowship. And we really had a uh, great time um, in the beginning of our day. And a note on Jake, I had been trying to get to impact Richmond for several years and participate with him. My wife was able to participate with him as a, uh, uh, as a group leader, at least not in the same group, but uh, there. So she was able to participate that four years ago. And I had not uh, made the time to uh, see him in action. 
And oh, what a blessing that was to see God work in not only him, but all the other youth adults that went through lack of sleep and coordination issues. But just imagine 130 people to divide and conquer 13 work sites on the inner city of Richmond. Just absolutely amazing. And it was so blessed to see all of them and see God's work in them, and especially in my son, who uh, I don't always, as a father, you don't get to see your son in another light in that kind of way. And what a blessing and a, and a testimony to God's work uh, in seeing that. So Impact Richmond does change lives. I know it changed mine, um, and that experience continues to change mine to this day. I love looking back through the pictures and uh, always brings a smile to my face. And consider participating, whether you're a youth or adult. Um, it's well worth the effort uh, to make the trip. I'll be there next year, Lord willing. Thanks a lot. Hello, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Lucy Hutchins, and this was my first year at Impact Richmond. I've been wanting to go to Impact ever since I saw my older two sisters go for the first time. Ellie and Madeline always come back home with awesome stories about what a good time they've had and friends they had made. I wanted to start packing weeks before it was time to go. It was hard to wait since I was so excited to go. Impact helped me realize so many things about myself, and I want to share these with you. The first thing that I learned is that work doesn't have to be a negative thing. According to Google, the definition of work is an activity involving mental or physical effort done in order to achieve a purpose or result. Boring. <laughs> but the work at Impact wasn't boring. Working can be a lot more fun than it sounds. I got to learn things that I had never done before, and I got to help teach others how to do things that I had done before. I made new friends. We, ma we told stories while we worked, and we even shared some jokes. After getting all hot and sweaty each day, the best thing was taking a relaxing cold shower. Another thing that I experienced during Impact was that my relationship with God grew in a new way. Every evening, we had evening activities, then we all came together for a church service, and we sang Christian songs and worshiped the Lord. I really liked learning some new songs that I had never heard before. My favorite part of the week was dabbing in the talent show. It was really fun. I really liked to make people happy. Finally, it felt good to accomplish our goals. I liked helping people out. Our homeowners needed help with some house projects. We painted a bathroom, fixed a stair railing, replaced a fence, and poured concrete down for a sidewalk. After we poured the concrete, five people almost stepped in it. We dug a two-foot hole. We dug a two-foot deep hole for the fence that was also really comfortable to lay in. I loved it. When we were finished, our homeowners said, it looks like a professional did this. Impact changed my life. It helped me appreciate the things that I have. 
Our leader, Jeff Thompson, gave me a Bible verse from Isaiah 40:31. They who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. It is my favorite verse of the Bible. I had an awesome time at Impact, and I am looking forward to going again next year. Good morning. My name is Laura Bendick, and this is my third year at Impact. And there's something I've learned. If, for the past three years, you've said you won't do a testimony, you can expect to get a phone call from your youth leader about doing one. <laughs> now, besides not really wanting to do much public speaking, I mentioned that I hadn't really felt I'd gotten much out of this year. But in talking to Jessica on the phone, she encouraged me to reflect on this year and the past years to find something to talk about. Maybe this year hadn't been what I expected, but that didn't make it bad. So I found that each year had a bit of a theme to it, and it wasn't always what I was expecting. My first year, it was about God's presence. The long, hot hours in the sun I had counted on, but I didn't expect the evening worship services to be so meaningful to everyone there. My first year, we had a guest speaker who talked one night about letting go of things and giving them over to God, and then invited us to bow our heads and just call things out that were bug bugging us. And I thought, uh-oh. Clearly, this guy had never been around teenagers before. I have been in many a classroom where the teacher just invites us to call out our answers, and let me tell you, the classroom is never silenter than in those moments that follow. We are not usually ones for audience participation. But what I expected to be yet another half hour of awkward silence turned into a room full of kids who'd known each other less than a week, opening up about personal issues. All around the room, kids were just calling things out as if we'd known each other years, but I haven't even known their names a day. That doesn't just happen on its own. Looking back on my second year, I was able to pull up the old testimony I wrote for the church's weekly bulletin. Despite that being a year with some of my favorite memories, I was surprised to find it still wasn't what I was anticipating. Apparently, last year I was eagerly awaiting a busy worksite with lots of jobs to occupy myself with, but the house last year didn't have much work to be done. That meant our group had a lot of time to get to know each other, with only a couple tasks. This turned out to be better for me than any amount of projects. I found my second year gave me a sense of belonging and community. My work group got super close and we became a little family unit, which I found was a real confidence booster for me. It was nice to be a part of a little group I felt very comfortable with, and it was amazing how we all clicked within the first day. And then this year, when I was again surprised by impact. Of course, following such a great year, I predicted an epic family reunion with fireworks and maybe a really good theme song to play whenever we entered a room. I knew it wouldn't have the, we wouldn't have the same group, but maybe a few of the people would be together again, or at least kids from this Tennessee church I knew were lots of fun not even remotely close. Our group divided pretty quickly between the three of us from Crozet and the rest from Richmond. The Richmond kids ignored us almost completely, and there was hardly any interaction between us and them. Not quite the little family unit I was expecting. However, I found I got a lot out of the speaker's sermon this year. He was a relatively new and young preacher, but he followed the story of Nehemiah and talked about ways we can grow closer to God. He talked about obstacles we might face, things we may have to sacrifice, and ways we can serve God. It was a good reflection for me, and I enjoyed following Nehemiah's story. In many ways, he said a lot of things I really needed to hear. I may not have had as much fun this year, but it was still meaningful, and I found something there. Every year, I found I've gotten something good and meaningful out of impact, but it's never what I expect. So what am I looking forward to next year? I don't know. I guess we'll find out. That's how you change the world. How you change the world 
Hi, my name is Emma Smart, and this summer I had the opportunity to go on a mission trip to Belize. Weeks in advance of the trip, I grew more and more excited to not only leave the country for my first time, but also experience new culture. Little did I know how much this trip would affect my life. Our projects for the week consisted of building a fence, making a concrete flooring, and running a reading camp. Our team came prepared each day to work hard and give the community our all. Throughout the week as we were working, we had the opportunity to build relationships and interact with the people. I can say this is many of the team's favorite part. It filled my heart with joy each day seeing the kids approach us as we pulled up to the work site. I was able to learn new names and see new faces every single day. By the end of the week, our team had grown with the community and had the chance to experience God's love. The hardest part for many of our team members was leaving the local people and especially the kids on our last day at the work site. For five days, we had the opportunity to meet, communicate, and grow with the people who surrounded us. One boy, Roger, held the attention of the whole group. He was a little mischievous, but more than that, he was cheerful and loving. He stormed our work site every day and shared his love to the group. He offered his extra hands to our projects and always made us laugh on the job. It was a pleasure to see Roger around all the time. Not only did Roger's and all the kids' experiences affect us in our church, but we left an impression on their lives. As we were loading up in our vans and leaving the worksite on the final day, we had to say goodbye and leave the loving community full of children. It was very sad leaving, but it hit me the most when Roger began to cry. Seeing him upset hurt the team, but also made us realize that the work we went to Belize to accomplish had been done. We were able to spread God's love and support the community. I have a couple of things I will always remember from this mission trip. First, the people I met in Belize are so nice and giving. No matter what hardships they've gone through or how their living conditions are, they always made us feel loved. For example, one day early on in the week, our group was at a different worksite location than the rest of the group. A man saw us and pulled up with his truck full of oranges. I walked over with a Belizean dollar coin and bought 10 oranges from him. As I thanked him, he said to me, you can take 10 more for how hard you and your friends are working. I immediately could feel God's love. Although this is probably the man's job and source of income, he, he was kind enough to share more with us. Secondly, I will remember how grateful everyone is. With what little they, they may have, they have grown to appreciate all their belongings and love their own life. While at one work site, my friend Bevan and I were helping kids rake mulch for a newly built playground. We had taken a break to grab some water and the kids saw us. Immediately they said, can we have some water, miss? Luckily, we had an extra bottle and gave it to the three boys to share. After gulping it down, they came up to Bevan and I and to say, God bless you. It amazed me to see how happy those kids were just to get some water and I could feel their love and gratitude after. I will always hold this mission trip to Belize dear to my heart and will continue to think about and pray for the people of Belize, especially those I came to know. I'm incredibly blessed to have gone on this mission trip. I'm so grateful for our safe flights and welcoming lodging. I'm grateful for the amazing friends and loving leaders, especially Jessica and Lauren, who I was able to share this experience with. And most of all, I'm grateful for new opportunities, working with the people of Belize, and seeing the cheerful kids whose hearts are filled with love. This, this mission trip was the best experience of my life, and I would love to return in two years to see God's love at work again. Good morning. I'm Jessica Fuller. I'm the pastor of Family Ministries here, and I had the privilege of participating in both of these mission trips this summer. And I've got to tell you, my summer was exhausting, and my summer was amazing. And um, it wasn't just because of the, the trips, but because of the students that I worked with. Um, you know, I've been on mission trips for years, and I started going on mission trips when I was a youth myself, when I was 15. And since then, I've been on at least one a year. There's years I've been on multiple ones, like this summer. So I got to tell you, I know, like, there's a range of students on mission trips. There's the 
really super hard workers that just jump into any task. They see a need and they meet it. There's that. There's kind of like the, uh, you know, they're there. They're going to do some more. That was me. I was that kid. And then there's like the slacker. You're kind of like, why'd you come on this trip? You're not doing anything. Um, but let me tell you, our students, every one of them without fail, were the extremely hard workers. And it was amazing to see that. And I just think that it's a reflection of what a good job their parents are doing, what a good job this church is doing in forming leaders, and really exciting for me. And I think, you know, seeing Jake and Eric stepping into a leadership role is a testament to that as well. And so, amazing kids, such a privilege to work with. I wanted to speak a little bit to the Belize trip as an adult leader, just to let you know some about that. Um, so, how was Belize? I would have to say it was unbelievable. Thank you. I'm done. No, I'm not done. Um, it was really awesome. Um, it was really neat to see a new culture, to really be immersed in a different culture. We were not in the tourist area of Belize. Um, I've heard it's beautiful there. I've not been to that part of Belize. We flew into Belize City, and we traveled into the jungles of Belize, kind of rainforest area, and um, which also was beautiful. And so it was really neat to see God's creation. But to be able to be in the villages where the people of Belize are and um, get to know them them throughout that week was really great. It was also really um, wonderful because we went with a church from um, the area, Olivet Presbyterian Church, and so there were 47 of us that went on this trip, um, 12 from here, and then their, their church had a big group that went. But what was really cool about that is that our students got to see kids that they recognized from school, some of that they were friends with from school and maybe didn't know how involved they were in their church, um, but certainly hadn't shared this sort of experience with them. And so I'm excited for what that will be for them going into school Tuesday, which I don't know if you guys remember school's Tuesday, um, but it'll be really cool for them to be able to have that sort of connection with students that they're going to see at school. And so I think that was a neat part of this trip. Um, I believe that missions are essential. Um, I believe that local mission is essential. And I believe that domestic missions in, this, in the States is essential. Um, and I also believe that international missions are essential for us to participate in. And a, a lot of times I'll get a question um, about international trips, especially somewhere like Belize, because you know, when people would say, oh, you're going on a mission trip, like, where are you headed? And I'll say, well, Richmond. And they're kind of like, oh, that's nice. Like, they're, and it's in our backyard. Like, needs is right around the corner, and that's cool. And then when I, if you say Belize or like Costa Rica, which I've done that, people are like, okay, that's your mission trip, sure. You know, they're thinking, that's not a mission, that's a vacation. Um, and I get that because it is, it's an exotic place. It was exciting to go, to be going somewhere new like that. Um, but that's not what it was about um, for us. And it was really um, amazing to see how our perspective was changed and challenged by that week of international mission. The need, the, the level of need and the type of need is different in a third world country than it is here. There's need everywhere. And, you know, sometimes people will say, you know, why are you going overseas? There, I mean, I've had people say that to me um, this, with this trip this year. You know, why are you going overseas? There's we have so much need right here in Crozet or right in the United States. Like, we need to help our own people, and then we can help other people. And I just don't believe that. Um, I believe that we, we need to help 
um, everywhere, and that's biblical. You know, Jesus in the Great Commission says, go out into all the world um, and share God's love. And so we're called to do that, and we were able to do that in Belize. And there were a couple ways that um, our lives were really changed. And I want to share a couple that I knew um, was able to see from the students' perspective and then from mine as well. And so one of the things that I don't know that our students anticipated, um, I didn't really anticipate that either how this was going to go, but we were completely off the grid while we were in Belize. We did not have access to cell phones. We weren't able to get on Snapchat. We could not text our friends. We didn't know really what was going on back home. One of our leaders had um, cell service and was able, occasionally we were able to just send a message to parents to be like, we're here a couple of days later. We're still here. We're on our way back. You know, that was it. And so I was a little hesitant about that as a parent. You know, I was kind of like, I'm going to miss my kids as it is, and I don't get to talk to them for a week. Um, so that was kind of what I was thinking. I'm sure some of our students were thinking, well, I'm going to miss home but I'm also going to be like disconnected from my friend group. I'm not going to know what's going on. And a week in the summer is like, it's like a year for us, like whatever happens in the teenage world. So um, there's a lot that happens and they were going to miss that. And so, you know, I kind of wondered how that was going to go for them, if they were going to be like in withdrawal from their phones and their um, social media. Well, I got to tell you, a couple of days into the trip, the students started saying to me and other leaders unsolicited, how much they were enjoying being present in a moment and how it was so different to be able to be around a table and talking to people and nobody's on a phone and playing cards and just enjoying being um, available right there in that moment. And it wasn't something that they had really encountered before in a real way. And they, were, they really made a commitment to each other to try to be more aware of this when they got back and to try to put the phones away when they're hanging out with their friends and just be um, attentive to one another. And I just thought that was a really great learning um, for them. And so that was one thing that was really neat that came out of the trip. Another thing for our students to recognize, too, was that in Belize, the education system is very different than here. Um, so English is the official language of Belize, but it's not what is spoken in the homes. Um, they speak some Mayan dialects in Spanish. So the kids, um, when they go to school, they have to learn English if they haven't already learned it. A lot of them haven't. And so that was one of the reasons why we did the reading camp throughout the week. It was like a week of vacation Bible school, but the focus was on reading. And we brought hundreds of books um, to, be, to, sh to give to them, to read to them, and it was really awesome. And they did crafts around that. It was, it was a fun week. But what the students then learned is that the reason we were doing that is because the kids had to apply to get into high school. So they had schooling that was provided for them for a certain amount of time, but then if they wanted to go to high school, they had to apply to get in, which was not a given. In fact, there aren't enough spots for even if all the kids made the benchmarks, they couldn't even take all the kids in the schools there. But the bigger problem that people have beyond just passing the test to get into high school is affording high school because um, there's books and tuition and all of this stuff that kind of like going into college would be here. Um, and so I think for our, for our kids to, to really be able to recognize that their education is a gift that they should not take for granted. Um, because, like, sometimes school is not fun. And I get that. I remember that. And even heading back into a school year, I know the kids, the youth are kind of excited, but they're also like, you know, in a week they're going to be like, ugh. But I think this experience is going to, they're going to be reminded, like, even though I don't always love this, like, 
I'm really fortunate to be able to be in school and to have this education. And so one of the things that happened while we were there is we learned from Pathlight, which was the organization we were working with, we learned about some, um, some different stories and situations that were happening. And one of the ones we learned about was a girl named Dominga who was in high school. She had gotten into high school, but and she was two years in. She was the top student in her class and first in her family to go to high school. And then her father lost his job. And he went to the school, and he went to Pathlight, and he was saying, please, like, do something. I don't want to have to pull my daughter out of school, but that's what's going to have to happen. Um, we're going to have to, we can't afford to pay this. We need her to work to bring in money. Like, this isn't going to work if, if we have to pay her tuition. And they, Pathlight was kind of like, we don't have any money left. Like, we have to turn students away because the funds just aren't there. You know, they're helping, they're sponsoring so many students, but sometimes they can't do it for everybody. And so what was really neat, and I was really proud of our students, is that they said, um, what would it cost? Like, what do, we need, what do we need for Dominga to be able to finish school? She's got two years left. And they said $1,500. It's $750 a year, U.S. dollars a year, for her to finish um, school. And the kid said, we want to pay that. We wanna, we, we're going to raise the funds to pay that um, so that she can stay in school. And the people from Pathlight were blown away by that. And he cried because he said he, he had told the school and the family, we're going to make this happen, but he said, I didn't know how we were going to do it. And he's like, you are a godsend to this family. And so Domingo will be going back to school. And so... Um, that was just an amazing experience uh, for our students to have. And when Emma says, I hope I can go back in two years, um, Olivet Presbyterian goes on this trip. They do an international every other year. So they're going to be going back in two years, and our students are already excited. And they're excited about hopefully getting to meet Dominga, who will have just graduated um, from high school, and being able to make, see, see her face-to-face -face and make that connection. So one other thing that I wanted to share is, for me personally, um, you know, Emma shared the story about Roger, and she said he's a little mischievous. That is an understatement. This kid, he, when you saw him coming, you were like, take a breath, because you didn't know what he was going to say, what he was going to do. Um, I remember one day we were all working, and we look over, and he's on top of a roof of a building, like scaling it. And we were like, Roger, get down. And he's just like, we're like, oh, my gosh. So he was, um, he was a handful. And, um, but he absolutely stole our hearts that week. And as, what we learned throughout the week, though, was a little bit more of his story. And we learned that his mom was a single mom, and she was working a lot of hours to try to provide food and um, what was needed for their family. And so Roger was left kind of in the community um, by himself a lot. And so he just craved that attention. And whether it was negative or positive, he wanted, he needed that attention. And our students were able to give him that love, to really just shower him with love that week and attention that was positive. And he, um, I think that's why he was so emotional when we left, because um, it was just something that his little heart needed so much. And so for me, you know, it's such a, a different perspective um, on life and the blessings that we have. Um, I'm getting, you know, going into this trip, this has been a rough year for me, and um, I'm going through a divorce. I don't know if everybody knows that. It's probably a lot of you know that, but this is, this is a tough year, and I knew that coming off of these mission trips and vacation Bible camp, it was just going to be 
a rough fall and for my family, for myself, figuring things out. And this trip gave me a perspective that's going to get me through those months. And so I am thankful to this church uh, for sponsoring our group, for providing support and prayer, because um, it changed all of our lives. We not only were able to change the lives of people in Belize, but our lives were changed. And um, we have a lot to be thankful for. And so, thank you. Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope you found the message meaningful, and we invite you to join us in person as we gather for worship at Crozet United Methodist Church every Sunday at 8.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetumc.org to learn about ways you connect with God and your neighbors through the ministries of Crozet UMC. Have a great week.